Hello, sister friend. If this is your first time here, welcome. And if it's not, welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. This week, our episode is so special because we are diving into the idea of what do you do when you feel like you're doing everything right, you are being the perfect wife, but your husband is still leaving anyway. You are still in a place of separation and or divorce and you don't know what to do. What do you do? How do you go through this period of time gracefully? And for some of you, maybe you're not there and maybe you have some friends that are. For some of you, you're thinking about it and you don't know what that looks like, but you're feeling like, I am doing everything right. This guy is totally in the wrong. He had an affair. He did this. He did that. Blah, 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 blah. He is now walking out on me. A, why should I give him any grace? B, he doesn't deserve my grace. What What do I do about that? This episode is going to jump into all of those topics. My guest for you, Yancy Snavely, is a good sister friend of mine, a fellow coach, and I talk to her about her story. This is her story is an example of how that happened in her life and how she was able to overcome that and get through that season of life with grace and you're able to see maybe some hope on the other side, some ideas and help for how to navigate that space right now. You're really, really going to love this episode. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Quickly introduce you to my friend and our guest this week, Yancey Snavely. Yancey is an author and business owner who formed her first company, Everlasting Choice, in 2011 in direct response to a need that she saw with a friend in a time of adversity. Everlasting Choice produces palm-sized contemplations of scripture focused on a particular spiritual 
need. And those scriptures then are personalized with the recipient's name embedded in the verses in an effort to connect them more closely to the word of God. And Yancey's going to tell us a little bit more about that later. But with thousands sold in the United States and thousands more donated through Christ-centered causes, uh, it's Yancey's mission through Everlasting Choice to spread the world of Christ globally from her passion for helping people pursue their personal growth and improve their relationships combined with her years of teaching and study yancy has launched trinity choice in 2021 trinity choice mission is to professionally offer christian life coaching services to those seeking to better understand their calling and implement change to more fully embrace the abundant life that god has offered to us all. And just so you know, Yancy is a Christian life coach trained through the Institute of Life Coach Training. Uh, that's where actually Yancy and I have met and we were really drawn to each other. So we met in our coaching program. And one of the things, you know, just kind of speaking and listening to her energy and just everything that she said, I, I was always drawn to her. And then I received as a gift these scripture cards that I was telling you about that she made, and they are so special to me. I keep them on my board, and this is kind of what sparked our conversation together why we thought we wanted to get together and talk to you ladies so welcome yancy sorry guys that was kind of long but uh yancy is just such a beautiful soul and you're really going to be so encouraged by listening to her speak so welcome yancy Thank you so much for having me, Beatrice. Happy awesome. to be here. Yes. I've talked to the, the listeners a little bit about how we met and why I was drawn to you. But there is a reason, as I mentioned in your bio, there was a reason why you created these scripture cards. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about why that was? Because they're all thinking like, okay, great. What does this have to do with me and my marriage, right? So can you tell us a little bit about what started that whole idea and what was the story behind creating these cards? Yes. Well, I was um, married, two children. I found out that my husband was having an affair. It was a very difficult time. And I, over, over time, I felt God calling me to forgive him. And I uh, didn't have, felt like I had a lot of support from, you know, the community and things like that, understandably in many ways, but I just felt God really leading me to try to save my marriage. And a friend gave me 10 Bible verses with my name personalized in the verses. And I was on two sheets of paper and there was just something about seeing the word of God with my name in them. Mm. And I just began to read them throughout the day over and over in carpool line and at the house and everywhere that I went, I just kept my verses with me. And there was just something about seeing my name, God talking about giving me strength and hope and peace um, when I felt like I really had nothing else. And I had two small children uh, that were very young, eight um, 18 months old and four. So that was just, that was in itself hard, but eventually these pieces of paper became stained and tattered and worn from going in and out of my purse and in my car and I would spill things on them. And so I took them to Kinko's and laminated them, cut them up, punched holes in them and put them on a little ring. And uh, it helped to preserve them. And 
over time, our marriage got better and, you know, we uh, were in a good place. And um, so I started giving these as gifts. And so I would put other people's names in them. And over time, people started asking me for them. And so they would say, you know, my friend was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Do you have any healing verses? And so I'd look up the healing verses and I'd type them out and put the woman's name in them and then give them as gifts. And eventually I started putting crosses on them. And over time I would make them for marriage or grief or, you know, for little children or teenagers and just kind of grew and started teaching a Bible study and, you know, things were great. And then after about seven years, um, it was just a little thing that I did on the side. I actually found out that my husband was having another affair. And this time uh, he left. And at this point I was teaching, I was teaching a Bible, I was teaching Bible studies with all these women in them. And I had this great testimony and I had, you know, now my children were older and it was just a very difficult time. And um, so I became very angry and felt, felt very frustrated with God because I felt like I had done everything God had asked me to do. I had forgiven him. I had kept our marriage together. I kept our family together. Um, I thought I had been, you know, become the perfect wife. Whereas before I, I felt like maybe I had a lot to work on, but this time, wow, you know, I, I really um, was living exactly the way God wanted me to live. And then my marriage still was ending. We went through a lot of financial issues and it basically led to um, like a kind of a crisis between me and God, because here I was teaching other people about the word and teaching other people to stand on the word. And um, my life had fallen apart and I'd lost everything. I lost my home. Um, I felt like I lost my reputation because I was teaching Beatrice. I was teaching loving your husband Bible study. And my husband left me. <laughs> so how, how great of a teacher was I, right? Oh, yeah. um, and so um, it was a bad time. It was a bad time for a few months. And then a day came where I felt sick, like really sick, like in my spirit. And I remembered looking over at my kids. And I just thought, you know, they deserve better than this. What am I going to do to their future if I continue to hate their father, if I continue to try to attack him and punish him and seek revenge, um, especially when I had been teaching very much the opposite for so long. And, um, and I ended up going to a divorce recovery group because I knew I needed help. And it was a great place because I realized I wasn't crazy that everybody in the room felt the same way, um, the loss and the shame and the heartbreak and the anger and all of it. We all were this big family. And so it was really helpful. But there was a day that came where the teacher said, all right, everybody, it's time for you to take ownership of your percentage of the demise of your marriage, for you to take ownership in why your marriage ended. And I remember going, excuse me? I don't have any ownership. You know my story. I told you my story, right? It was unfaithful to me twice. I did everything I could to be the perfect wife. I was the Bible city teacher. I was, you know, had the dinners every night. I had the whole thing. I was doing it all, right? And 
when I looked at him, I raised my hand and I said, I don't have any ownership in the demise of my marriage. What are you talking about? And he said, you can see everybody does. Mm -hmm. And so when I got up to leave that day, I said, this is the last time I'm ever going to be here again. And I walked out and he, he gently grabbed my arm and he said, Yancy, I've been doing this for 35 years. Let me just ask you, please pray about it. And I said, okay, and walked out the door, almost in tears and anger and got in my car and drove home. And then I stopped and I said, okay, well, I'll at least pray. And so I started to pray for God to reveal to me in any way that I had contributed, not, not contributed to why my husband cheated on me, not that, the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I was overwhelmed with how many things God brought to my mind that I had contributed. I wouldn't say deliberately did because I really didn't know I was doing it. And so I ended up calling my ex-husband and telling him that I was sorry for all. And he had very much been apologetic before of what he did to me. And I just really wasn't interested and you know and so for me to then pick up the phone and call him and tell him and to enumerate the different things that I realized I had done that it contributed to how our marriage failed it was he ended up in tears I ended up in tears and I asked him for forgiveness and I ended up asking God for forgiveness um, and it was the beginning of a brand new relationship of a friendship, of a partnership between us to raise these children and co-parent them in a way that God would bless. And I have to say now, you know, 12 years later, he's without question, one of my best friends and I'm now remarried and he's one of my husband's close friends and my children, um, are doing fabulous. They certainly didn't want us to get divorced, but but, um, so I, um, ended up back to the keychains. Um, so here I am after I'm divorced and, um, people are starting to ask me about these keychains and could you make these for, you know, my friend and all that. And finally I said, you guys got to pay for this stuff. I'm spending my own money at Kinko's and they're saying, we'll pay you. And so I was talking to my ex-husband and I said, you know, these, these keychains are really taking off. I just wish I had a way to sell them, like a website or something. Well, that just happens to be what my ex-husband does. He's a genius in technology. And he said, I will build you a website and it will be to bring something good out of the pain that I caused. Whoa. So I'm going to stop you there because there is so much in your story that I just want to pause and let the listeners like sit with that for a minute because how many times now, right he was unfaithful twice and the first time okay you did what you know every I don't want to say what every good woman does like you know a, a woman chooses to not forgive her husband that's fine but you did what you felt was the right thing in forgiving him and allowing him back into the home. And again, you guys are having this, what you think is this great, perfect marriage. And you're now teaching women and you're going through this whole journey and it happens again, like right, right there. That's just like, oh my goodness, there's so much 
in that so much pain and heartbreak and like you said anger at god and this strife and then in that process of healing another person helps you to kind of partner with god to really heal all of that brokenness that was there and then go to your um you know your ex-husband or your then husband and have a conversation about it and completely repair that relationship to now where you guys are he's helping you with your business and we can get more into that later but that just that whole idea is part of what I wanted to share well it's the main piece of what I wanted to share on this podcast because I as I speak to women encourage them coach them as they you know when they dm me I see this a lot where they, if they've come to my podcast, they're in such a dark place in their marriage, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes. And a lot of them are in places where they're like, he's leaving me. I just found out he cheated. We are in the middle of it. And one of the things that I saw about you that was different and special is that God was able to work in your life to do separation and divorce gracefully. Now we know that, you know, it's not God's ultimate plan that we divorce and whatever, but we have such a good, gracious, merciful God that he works all things out for the good of those who love him. Right. And so, um, and when I was hearing your story as reminded my, and you know, we had talked about this offline as reminded of my own family, my own, I came from a divorced a, a broken home. My parents were divorced and they were not saved when they got divorced. They both found Jesus separately later and were always able to maintain such a gracious relationship with each other where they co-parented so well that it was just such a beautiful thing. So when I went through the experience of my husband leaving me, I had already had seen as an example of how I could treat him with grace. And even if that meant our marriage was gonna be over, because in my mind, I thought it was over, he was leaving me. I knew that we would could still be the best possible parents to my daughter, and we could still have some sort of healthy relationship. And that's not without consequence, right? So I like, I think it's important for the readers to understand, the listeners to understand this. It's not like we're saying, oh, if you're in a bad situation, separate, divorce, it's fine. God's going to work the whole thing out. He will, but it's not necessarily without consequence. So I know from my own ex personal experience, my, my parents are, you know, they, they do co-parenting well, but there's consequences. You know, there's, there's difficulties that happen when you are in a blended family. And even though we have a huge, beautiful family and I love them all, it's not always so easy. And so I wanted you to, one of the, some of the things I wanted you to uh, talk about was, so in this whole beautiful story that you had that I, I don't want to miss like some of these really important parts. One of the things that really stuck out to me is that you know, the fact that at least the second time around, you felt like you were doing everything right. You felt like you did everything you could to save the marriage, right? And until somebody pointed out to you and you realized there was a new way to be now, what was it like to realize that you had 
some fault in the marriage too. Cause mm -hmm. I, I, I could resonate there like, oh no, I did everything right. But then having that realization that like, man, I, I did have some fault, at least in the marriage, right? It's not your fault. He broke covenant. Right. But what was that like for you? It was, it was hard to face. It was hard to accept that even though now looking back, it, of course, you know, people always say there's two sides to every story and all of those things, but it, it was hard to, because all I was focusing on was the pain that I overcame and how hard I tried to keep it all together. But I wasn't re remembering and understanding that what my role as the wife to this man that I'd chosen to forgive and chosen to stay married to what it, what it was. And so what I realized was that I hadn't been that soft place all the time for him. Um, and that there was something that, that later he called that I had veto power. And it was like, in the end, I sort of made the decisions for things. And that does not what the Bible teaches. And um, I think even, you know, he grew up without father in his life. And there was a time when we were having a disagreement about how to raise our kids about something. And I said, some, God reminded me that I said something like, you didn't have a father, so you don't know how to, I know, and that all, um, you don't know how to do the right thing here. I had a great father, so I should make this decision. Um, I had forgotten I said that. I had forgotten that that was my attitude. But when I brought it up to him, his emotional response, is it was a pretty, you know, and, and I have to say, talking to you now, I'm convicted that I'm, I may be a little bit like that in my present marriage. And so, you know, we have certain things about our personalities, you know, that, you know, we all have to work on. But, um, you know, was I cherishing my husband's heart every day? I don't know. I think it's kind of like our relationship with God is we think that if we do all of the right things, that we're going to have this, it's going to be right. And, and what God wants is for us to be with him, not necessarily focus on the doing. He wants us to focus on the being, which then leads to the doing. And I don't think I was being with my husband. I think I was doing all the right things. And so on paper, on a chart or to an outsider, it looked like, wow, she's done everything. And actually, maybe he wasn't being met with a true listening ear. Maybe he wasn't being valued and cherished for how he wanted to do things. And so when I realized that, never did I think I deserved to be cheated on. Never did I think that was the right reaction to something. There were many other ways he could have handled that. And there were many other reasons for him to do what he did. I wasn't the only, you know, there's a lot of things from childhood and all that. But when I realized it, it was painful, but just like when we go to God, when we've sinned against him, and if we've accepted Christ, we have forgiveness for that sin when we repent to go to him and ask for forgiveness and for him to give it to me and for me to give it to him. What what came was what blossomed was this beautiful friendship that that we wouldn't have had and and frankly didn't have in the marriage 
you know, we laugh, I almost refer to him like a brother now because it's such a healthy relationship. But I don't know if, if we ever fully had that before as much as we do now because um, choosing to make that awareness that I am a sinner in need of a savior. And um, this brought that to light and it, it, it actually kind of helps my attitude toward toward all of my relationships now. It's like, what am I not seeing? Yeah. Right. One of the things that you said that was so poignant um, was, so the big picture is that having this realization has allowed you guys to go on to have a good relationship now and for you to have a healthy marriage now. Um, but one of the things that you said that made me think, oh, I, I want to get, I want the listeners to get this was when you said, I, there's a whole lot in there when you said, I didn't realize my role as a wife and I wasn't cherishing his heart because that can go for, for, for both sets of listeners. It can go for the ones who are in the midst of husband out the door he's getting his new apartment or house or whatever. And like you guys are splits right now, but it can also go for the one who I speak to, you know, normally who is kind of in the thick of it. And the, my heart for this podcast is to try to help women or catch them before it gets to that place of separation. If you could give yourself advice as to what then you know, where you thought you were doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And, and I heard a, a snippet of that advice of, I wasn't cherishing his heart and I, and I wasn't seeing him in this way. Um, it, and, and it's funny because I just did a series of episodes of love and respect. And for a lot of women, especially women in the place where you were, where their husband is being completely in their mind wrong, um, they have a hard time with this love and respect. Well, and this is what God's word says and that, you know, he should be making the decisions. Well, how can he be making the decisions? He's not a believer. He's not this. He's not that. He's wrong. That idea, I think, resonates with so many women who are in the place that you were in, who are in the place that I was in. What would you say to her? Wow. The first thing I would say is, you know, to stand on the word of God, to trust that God gave us the word to guide us. And it is not easy to do things God's way. There's a, a verse in Ephesians, I think it's in chapter four, it's be completely gentle and humble, be patient, bearing with one another in love, I think it is. And the word gentle, um, every time I would read during that time, a, a, a verse about gentle, I would feel the conviction that's what you're not being. And so if I could give myself advice is it would be when he approaches you, is he coming up to be with someone who's gentle, even, even though he made, you know, mistakes, um, the first time it's, um, is this, a um, are you a person that, you know, you think about how you would hold like a baby chick or something like that, you know, you would hold it a certain way. Right. And it's just, do you hold, you know, his feelings that way, his, um, his role as your husband that way, his honoring him as a man, you know, and I think I just, just like in, you know, our relationship with God can be, 
um, can get stale or we cannot have, you know, feel as much when we're reading the Bibles because we're, we're approaching it differently from just spending time with a God who loves us. And um, I think I would just say to try to be with him instead of um, do all of the right things, because um, that's what he was, that's what he was needing. And that's what I wanted. And I think a lot of times, I think in life in general, we're, we're, we're so busy being offended by people. We're offended in traffic. We're offended if somebody cuts in line at the grocery store. We're offended by this person said this, or this person didn't say that. And, and we're, it's the enemy encouraging us to feel that offense. Because if we did what that verse said, is bear with one another in love and be humble and gentle, patient, um, we would see that you know, we want all of this grace when we make mistakes, but yet we're not really willing to extend that to other people. And I would just, I would tell myself, you know, take yourself out of your mind and, and ask yourself, you know, what does God want me to know that my, what my husband needs right now? Mm -hmm. And, and to be willing out of my obedience to God and my love for God and my appreciation for what he has given me through Jesus on the cross to give that to my husband, whether I think he deserves it or not, but to give it to him because of what God's already given me. And I think for me, what changed me the most through this whole experience of difficulty, which I actually wouldn't change for anything because of my relationship with God is that if we get our identity as women from being a wife or being a mother or me being a Bible study teacher, whatever it is, and that is not what God wants because that can be lost. And so our identity has to be in the fact that we have Christ and that God loves us and that he created us deliberately for a reason because he wants a relationship with us because we can't lose that. And I don't know, even though I was teaching Bible study and all that, I don't know if I fully, fully grasped it to the point of, of being able to see it the way I do now. And so that's what I tell myself. <laughs> when I hear you say being gentle with his heart and holding his heart in a gentle place, I'm like, ah, oh. you know, one of the, I've said this on the podcast before, one of them. I heard this in a small group, you know, we had done, we had done a small group called Sacred Marriage. And in the book or in the group, you know, the videos or whatever, the author talks about God is your God. He's your father, but he's also your father-in-law. Mm. So he's also your husband's father and how you treat him. If someone were to treat your own children badly, that would help. I mean, they would be upset with you for that. Right. So it's how you treat him means something. It matters. And it was like, oh my goodness. And that it was transformative, that thought, but it, and it wasn't until years later when I would still do and say the mean thing to my husband, even after we got back together, when I realized that his heart is fragile, just like my heart is fragile. And so, you know, I hear you um, when you say the thing about, you know, because he grew up without his father and it's like, I could see that, you know, how that could hurt him. You know, my, my husband didn't have the greatest father yet. He is now one of the best fathers to our children that I could ever have imagined because for him, he knows I, I don't want that. You know, he, 
I want the opposite for my children than of what I had. And, and that's such a, an important part of, of his, his heart, you know, is, is how he is as a, as a father. And so if we just think about all the little things, you know, that our, our husbands do, whether how much they provide or don't provide, like if we attack those things, those are things that are fragile. It's almost like him going to us and saying, well, you're, you are fat or you look fat in that dress. It's like, oh my gosh, how could you say that to me? Right. We, we, how would we feel if he said something like that to us? And I think as, as men, they have these things that they, they don't talk about, but that we have to recognize that in the back of their mind are really important to them. And and those are things that we should consider, you know, in terms of holding their heart in the right place. I'm sure now you're in a place where you would never say things like that to your current husband because you've learned, you know, and, and, and now I'm in a place where I would never um, say something like that to disparage my husband because I've learned because I know that like that's the same as him doing it to me. We also need to remember why, why was I saying that? That was my own brokenness. Mm-hmm. That was my own not not being close to God to to, to receive my um, comfort and my um, the re- my my reason for being is my relationship with God. I'm not. I don't need to go to my husband for fulfillment. God gives me fulfillment, and I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm not going to treat him that way because he didn't deserve it. Well, we don't deserve what we've been given in Christ. And so if our attitude is that, then we need to put the same on ourselves. You know, yeah, we don't yeah. deserve it either. And so if we're at operating out of a gratitude to God for what he's given us in Jesus, then everyone we encounter is, is it's a privilege and an opportunity to love that person, especially mm-hmm. our spouse. Yeah. And then especially our ex-spouse because he's the father of my kids. And if I had continued in that anger and continued in that revenge and, and all of that, and somehow he had decided it was just easier to leave, which is what happened with his father. He just left. Mm-hmm. And then my kids didn't have their dad, who has been so phenomenal in their life all of these years. Think of what I would, the pain I would have inflicted on my children Right. Because I was in a, I was trying to to elevate myself. Right. And so I think so often we we wake up thinking of ourselves. And yeah. so we operate throughout the day of what we deserve when that is the sure way to be actually unhappy because we're always going to be let down and offended somehow. Yeah. But if instead we, you know, go by what the word says to to how to treat other people um, it ends up coming back to us. Yeah. The important piece of it also, when I, when I listened to what you were saying, what resonated with me is when you said your closeness, like the level of your closeness with God, if you were in a place where you were in real, like communication, like communion with him, where you got, where you and God were really close, it would have been easier for you to see your husband the way God sees your husband and I think that is that closeness with God is what allows us to fulfill the commandment of love others 
love God. And I think that's why it's in that order. Yep. Love God first and then love others. Well, it's easier to love others when we love God so much and we have like such a relationship with him that we can then see others the way he sees them, including our husband or the person who cuts you off on the street or whoever, because it's easy to get angry at people in general all the time. You're out there and you said before, it's like, oh my gosh, people are stupid. How could they say this? How could they do this? How could they, whatever. And it, it makes you angry at that, or like someone who disagrees with you politically. And you're like, that person is stupid that they could say or think or do whatever thing. But if we recognize that as Christians, our job is not to follow, you know, the world or some political party or some leader or whatever, but it's to follow God, love him, and then have him fill us or, or reveal to us, how does he see other people? Okay, so maybe this person, they might not be right, and we might not agree with them. But if we can see them from a different place, it is... It's, then we're able to give out so much more grace. And I think that's how God fills us with grace. And so it was so important when you said that. I, I just wanted to point that out because I think as we, as we listen to a podcast and like you hear someone speak, the, the nuggets that I, that I, I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit was calling out to me from what you said. And I thought that was so important. So I wanted to ask you, um, what are maybe some common mistakes that you may find that, women are making you know whether it's coaching women through separations or coaching them in their marriages i would say thinking only for this moment you know is is getting stuck in this moment and not you know i try to help in coaching for people to play things out you know to envision a future and how you want that future to look you know whether it's in marriage you know 10 years from now or you know, if you're divorced, you know, 10 years from now, how do you want your children to turn out and, and to understand that today, the choices that you make today actually contribute to that. And that that's why my business is called Everlasting Choice and Trinity Choice, because choice to me is really everything, you know, including the choice to accept Jesus. And um, the enemy wants us to get wrapped up in our feelings, our feelings are not sin. It's when we act on those feelings in a way that's again that goes against the word, that that he thrives and he loves it. And um, you know, when it comes to our children, whether we're married or divorced, you know, our children didn't didn't ask for us to get married. They didn't ask to be born, and they didn't ask for us to get divorced if we are, you know. But they are sometimes the um, the victims of, of our living in our feelings. And so what I try to do in coaching is to get people to step outside of this feeling right now and understand that, that the, the energy that it takes to, to hold on to that feeling, take that energy and put it in a different direction, put it in reading the word, put it in doing acts of love for people, do it in um, speaking uh, words of hope and faith and, you know, like if you're speaking words, like when I was speaking words against my husband at the time, um, when I switched it and started speaking the word, 
words of hope and faith. It was amazing the power it had. And it, it just, it became, you know, it transformed me. It transformed our family. It showed my children what faith in adversity looks like. And um, so I think if, if people can realize that you're not always going to be in this place of pain, you are going to one day be on the other side of it, whether you stay married or not. You are going to be on the side of it because you have a God who comforts, who loves you, who has a plan for your life. You know, if we, if we can truly, I mean, my, the passion of my life is to explain and help people understand how much God loves them, that they are created for a relationship with him and that he has a purpose for their life. It's what I want to coach. It's, it's just what I want to do. Um, and so if you know that, you also have to know that that's how he feels about everybody else that he's created, mm-hmm. which is your spouse, which is your spouse's family, which is the person that you work with that you don't like, which is the person who has the op- opposite political view. It's everyone. And if you can look at other people and realize that we're all creations of God and he wants all to come to him and not be lost. And you have an opportunity in this world to help bring that love and be that light. It changes your situation. And I'll tell you, Beatrice, the biggest change that happened um, for me, I remember sitting in carpool line, my husband had left. I literally couldn't stop crying. I mean, I cried all day and night when my kids weren't there. I go in the shower so I could hide from them so I wouldn't upset them. We had moved to a rental house, it was hard. And I had somebody, I had gotten this book from someone it's called Red Sea Rules. And it's basically, you know, the parting of the Red Sea and how God was with Moses and the Israelites as he freed them from Egypt. It's this teeny weeny little book, like 10 chapters. And when I got to the like 18th page, it said, the next time you're overwhelmed, instead of asking, how can I get out of this mess? try asking, how can God be glorified in the situation? Mm. And it was literally like a light bulb went off. And I looked, I remember looking up from the book and going, that's it. Because I was so busy worrying about why me? Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? I've tried so hard. I've done all these things, blah, blah, blah. And I realized maybe God had a bigger plan here. And it changed everything. And so that can be true in a marriage, in a divorce, with difficulties in your job, difficulties with children, is when we understand that we have a heavenly father who is in control and he is, he loves us. And are we living to glorify him? Mm -hmm. And we sure can glorify him sometimes better in the difficult things. And at the end of the day, that's actually what matters. And so now to have this business, to have this relationship with my ex-husband and my now husband and our families get together for holidays and, um, you know, it's my parents love him. I mean, everyone's great now. God was glorified. Yeah. But Satan meant it for harm. But God has turned it to good now. And so everyone's life has an opportunity. So that's what I would say. And that's what I love about your story so much because um, yes, there are so many places where if we learn these lessons now as wives, then perhaps God will redeem our marriages that we're in now. But for those of you whose marriages 
may not be redeemed. That, that may fall apart. Yancey's story is one that is so beautiful of the possibility of what can happen if you surrender all your hurt and your anger and everything to God and say, do with this as you will. Allow this story, allow my mistakes, his mistakes, like allow it to glorify you. How can we do that, God? And it's not in your own strength. That's something that only he could do. Because in your own strength, you would have been sitting there still angry at your husband. And so it's, God, how can this glorify you? And now that you have not only the relationship of you and your current husband and your ex-husband and the children and all of that that has been so beautifully redeemed, but now you've come up with this business that is just absolutely, I think it's so beautiful. And guys, when I tell you, I mean... I have these cards on my wall and like I always show them to Yancy when we're on video because I have them like on a hook right in my home office. And when I'm going through a tough time, I look them up and I read these verses that are personalized with my name on them. And they're so encouraging to me. And hopefully Yancy and I will be able to partner in a way that I can get some things like this for you. But I really encourage you to check it out and see what they are. And just the fact that God is being glorified in this way where now you and your husband, your ex-husband are, can be business partners. And, and this thing that caused so much pain, sin, whatever, can just be completely transformed. And like you said, what Satan meant for harm, God is taking and turning into good. And I wanted to have you on here to give our listeners that story so that they can also have hope for their life and their marriage. And even though they might be feeling in a place of deep, dark despair, if their husband has walked out, and I know there's several listeners whose husbands have walked out or are in the midst of it, that joy comes in the morning, your pain will last through the night but joy comes in the morning. And there's, and if you understand that, there's so much that God can do with that pain. So having there to be purpose for that pain and understanding that God doesn't do anything without a purpose. He doesn't waste experiences. He doesn't waste words. Everything has a purpose. And your story, ladies, just like Yancy's story, just like my story, has a purpose. And that was a, a word that God had spoke over me that I would impact women with my story. And Yancy, you are going to impact women with your story, with your business. So I love all of this. And this is why you have been such a special guest for me personally. And I think also for the listeners, because I have just, I have so many who are in this place and, and they're maybe sitting there going, Oh, what do I do? But like, he's leaving me and there's nothing I can do about it, you know? And maybe there's nothing you can physically do about it. And it's funny because I, I appreciate somebody else saying it. Cause I'm like, I say it on a podcast all the time, but sometimes hearing it from another person, hearing that it's not just my story. I am not the only one to which this has happened that, you know, really standing on that and, and really, loving the uh, another person you know namely our husbands or our ex-husbands in a way that god would have us love them can bring such 
immense um, healing and transformation that I think is is so important. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on and really just speaking into our listeners. Um, Yancy, tell me, is so there's a website, right? Everlasting Choice. Where can she find you? I will put all of your information in the um, show notes, ladies. But for those of you, maybe if you can't see the show notes or whatever, how, how is she going to find you? TrinityChoice.com is coaching, mentoring, and then everlastingchoice.com is where you can purchase the card. So there you have it. I hope this episode was a blessing to you guys. And my friend Yancy was a blessing and her story and really just how you can get through the tough places of separation and or divorce and do it gracefully understanding that God will and can and will redeem all things and work all things out for the good of those who love him and for those of you who are still working on it maybe your husband has not left yet and you you don't want to get to that place and you are really really committed to working on the marriage and doing everything that you can to hold on to the marriage in this time while you can and while you still can. The Grace Fueled Marriage Method is here for you. You can check that out at thegracefueledmarriagemethod.gr8.com. Looking forward to really just getting in more community and connection with you guys. Reach out to me. Go hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and let's chat. Let's talk. I really is so fun when I get to hear from you. And the reason why I'm able to have these episodes like this for you are when people reach out to me and I know what it is they're facing. That is what helps me then to know this is what my girls are going through in the community. Thanks so much. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.